0: hey guys thank you for tuning in i am excited to continue the conversation on the last days the last time we ended the conversation i hope we better understood the timing of the phrase end of the world or more accurately end of the age and how the first century believers used it it is their understanding that we should be seeking while wrapping up the previous episode, I introduced the concept of appointed time. And this is where we'll start our discussion. In the previous episode, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 to 12, Peter said that the prophets wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering, And glory afterward he went on to say that the prophets were told their messages were not for themselves but for those living in the first century and this is important to keep in mind so in other words when we look carefully at what the prophets said they knew in advance of the death of Christ and the great glory afterwards which is which would be his resurrection and his coming in glory again not only were the prophets told what would happen they were also told of the timing of the events remember they said that the predictions were not for themselves but for the first century believers And according to Peter, some were preaching that good news. The apostles and others did a great job spreading the gospel message. And I want you to listen carefully to what Mark wrote and why Peter and the other apostles wrote with such passion and a sense of urgency. So in Mark 1 verses 14 to 15, it said this, Later on, after John was arrested, John the Baptist, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. That's the good news. So when I said that, So when Peter said now, now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It captures that now captures precisely what Jesus said years before in Mark 1 verses 14 to 15. The time promised by God has come at last. They were living in that time. The now, and this was this was the prophet's prediction and the point of Peter's message. Remember when he when he wrote that the prophets wondered what time. And they were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for those in the first century, but for us. The pronoun us represents the time factor we read about in Mark's gospel. Jesus said the time promised by God has come at last. And if we were looking at this from the perspective of the first century writers and readers, what Jesus was what Jesus said was the time for the kingdom to arrive has come. Because remember he said the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. And you may remember a phrase, you may remember a phrase in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus was, where Jesus taught his disciples to pray for the coming kingdom. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, or according to the King James Version, thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' message to his disciples, as is written in, in that prayer, his message to his disciples and the apostles' message to the early Christians afterwards were in preparation for the arrival of the kingdom. The kingdom was coming. It was near according to Jesus. And it came or was fully established in the first century and the core message of this podcast today centers around the duration of time this good news was preached and they call that duration of time the last days but before we jump into the last days i want to explore the end of age just a little bit more I want you to really understand the connection to the last days I want you to understand its connection to the last days a central theme highlighted in the New Testament and it's hardly discussed in the churches today and even over the past few hundred years it is the concept of the two ages as it's discussed frequently in the new testament the two ages the the present and the future age now i didn't give you the definition of of age or the greek definition of of age the word aeon last time but i want to do that here so aeon means an immeasurably or indefinitely long period of time an immeasurably or indefinitely long period of time. In the scriptures, there is a present and a future age, or I should say in the new Testament more frequently than in the old, there is a present and a future age. And because of that, there is naturally the end of one age and the beginning of a new age. And to give you an to give you an idea of what I'm talking about listen to something Jesus said in Matthew 12 verse 32 He said this Anyone who speaks a word against the son of man it will be forgiven him But whoever speaks against the holy spirit it will not be forgiven him either in this age which is which would represent the present age or the age to come, future. But here's something is that Paul said. Paul said this something similar when he when writing to the Ephesians church in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, Paul spoke of how God worked his power in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, again, present age from the first century perspective, but also in that which is to come. I hope you guys are, are catching, making the connections and catch capturing the essence of what is being. been said here but let's look at matthew 24 verse 3 because this is this said a little differently but it captures the same thing in matthew 24 verse 3 i want to give you a brief um intro this is when jesus announced to his disciples of the future destruction of the temple and by extension the destruction of jerusalem it says that as he sat on mount on the mount of olives his disciples came to him privately asking him tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world in the king james version but of course accurately it's end of the age and when we consider the end of the age motif that we've been studying When we consider that phrase from the point of view of the disciples who were asking the question, which age were they referring to as coming to an end? This age or the age to come? Now, if we're honest, the age that was coming to an end was their present age, this age. As is written. It is this age that Jesus and his disciples were living in. They were living in what is called well what they call this age. Because it is present tense from their perspective. For the future age to have begun, the age they lived in must come to an end and this is important for us to understand in the scriptures so when we do see the last days it's a reference to the the days leading up to the end of the age now let's turn our focus on the last days so when Jesus and his and the early believers spoke of the last days And as I mentioned before, they were in essence referring to the closing days of an age that was coming to an end. And I really need you guys to get this. Because when you do see the word last days, the biblical last days, not our last days as we're known to say, but the biblical last days, they were referring to the closing days of an age that was coming to an end. So the appointed time was not just the end of the age, but also the last days leading up to the end. And these two concepts go hand in hand in the first century, end of age, last days. They occupied the minds of the Jews as the gospel was preached to them during that time. Thus, the sense of urgency that you may notice as you read through the Gospels and the the letters written by the apostles to the early church. Now, looking back at Matthew 24, verse 3, when Jesus spoke to his disciples about the coming destruction of the temple, their natural line of questioning was, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Not world, but age. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, the word world was just a unfortunate translation. And it's just, it's very misleading. But here's an exciting thought, here's an exciting thought. The last days spoken of by Jesus and the apostles was a time associated with only the 12 tribes of Israel. Please get this. The last days, the biblical last days that you read in scripture is associated only with the trap the 12 tribes of Israel. The Roman Empire, the Greco-Roman world was not concerned or preoccupied with notions of the last days. This time was simply a reality of only God's covenant people, Israel. It signified the closing days of the Old covenant system between God and Israel, which ended with the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. For example, i give you an example here. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians said that the time of Jesus' birth was part of a divine plan. He called it the fullness of time, or we can also say the appointed time. And in Galatians chapter four, verse four, Paul said, but when the fullness of time had come or when the appointed time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law. You may not know that Paul hinted at the fulfillment of a prophecy by the patriarch Jacob spoken long ago Jacob said that Israel's exclusive covenant covenant relationship with God would end violently, and he went on to make predictions over his 12 sons, who later who later became collectively known as Israel. And the predictions were regarding what will happen to them. And get this, in the last days. And he said this in Genesis 49, verse 1. So we're going all the way back to the first book chronologically in the Bible. The book in which we find the creation of the covenant world. And this is probably the first time the phrase last days was even mentioned in scriptures. But Jacob said this. And Jacob called his son and said, Gather together that I may may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Now this is important because the prediction Jacob made to his son Judah, after he went through the others and he got to Judah, the prediction he made to Judah And Judah's lineage in the last days involves Christ. So here's what he said precisely in Genesis 49, verse 10. It said, The scepter or kingship will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants. And those clauses are the same until the coming of the one to whom it belongs the one whom all nation will honor. And I'll read that again without any, without my commentary. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nation will honor. So in other words, Judah's lineage of monarchy was was all the time leading up to the ultimate king the Messiah, Jesus, the King of Kings. This is fascinating. It's fascinating because this means that the birth of Jesus, which happened at the appointed time spoken by Paul, occurred in the last days mentioned by Jacob. And what I'm trying to get you to understand is that the period of time which jesus entered this earth was known to them as the last days again the biblical last days are a countdown towards the time of the end of the mosaic system the old covenant age it was the old covenant age that was coming to an end and this is a time of transition into the coming kingdom of christ an interesting time from the old covenant to the new covenant and from the old kingdom into the new kingdom this transition was challenging for majority of israel most of them and the resistance was intense and hostile in the first century for those who were bringing that good news to israel because the Jews cultivated a certain kind of lifestyle and the traditions that have been passed down for hundreds of years. And in addition, the new covenant that they were transitioning into was different from the old covenant that they were devoted to. And I want you to look at what what the prophet Jeremiah said about the new covenant. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34 it says the day is coming says the lord when i will make a new covenant with the people of israel and judah this covenant will not be like the one i made with their ancestors when i took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of egypt however as brutal as this time of transition was for israel as a whole It was extra hard for those who took on Christ's mission of teaching the good news of God about the covenant and about the new kingdom. They put themselves in the line of fire. And listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read it from verse 16 to 18 and then jumping over to verse 21 to 22. It says this, Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. What a contrast. So be shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. But be aware for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. Verse, 22, verse 21, a brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. So This is what they had to face while bringing the good news to Israel. Jesus' mission was to fulfill all that the prophets had written concerning him. And anyone who desired to follow him in the first century was submitted, also submit themselves to that mission and all that came with it. All that came with it. You know, many many of the disciples suffered the same fate as Jesus did and some of them died horrible deaths while accomplishing the task Christ left for them. And because of their sacrifice, we have the opportunity to acknowledge the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you so choose, you too can be a part of his kingdom, his rule, his will. I'll share with you something Paul wrote that nicely captures the realities that the disciples faced after Jesus left, and they were tasked with continuing the transitioning during the last days of the Old Covenant Age. Paul wrote this. I sometimes think that God has put us on display like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade, condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the entire world, people and angels alike. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. We are weak. Even now we go hungry and thirsty and don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We are often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our own hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently with ev- when evil things are said about us. Yes, yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everyone, everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. First Corinthians chapter four, verse nineteen to thirteen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we are not living in the biblical last days described in the scriptures. We are not, I'm going to repeat myself, we are not living in the biblical last days described in the scriptures. According to the prophetic writings, those days were reserved for the old covenant Israel in the first century. For us to better categorize our time, if you wanna categorize our time, we live in the new covenant age where there is no end. But as always, so much more I can say at this point, but I pray that the various perspectives we've discussed give you the space to discover the truth and the text. So please study Uh, more, read more. Don't just take my word. And until next time, have a blessed day.